Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Jesus was not completely God. Okay, that is the context of Colossians. That is one of the main reasons that Paul writes the letter to the Colossians. Some people were saying that Jesus was more than a man, but he was, they were saying that he was not God. Okay? He was less than God. That he was a created being. That he was an angel. Um, that is what we think the false teaching was saying. But we don't exactly know what this false teaching was. But what we do know was that Paul was writing Colossians and he was addressing these points. So we can deduce that this was the problem. Okay. So the true identity of Jesus was under attack. And this is exactly the same today. No? It's exactly the same today. There are many groups of people in the world, many religious groups, many, many groups even in Christianity that deny that Jesus was fully God, that Jesus was God in the flesh. And all of these ideas are actually just lies, no? They're just lies. If you don't believe me, go out, especially in Cape Town, and talk to people, and you will quickly find out that there's many, many different ideas of who Jesus is, okay? <coughs> Um, some will say that he didn't even exist, really. No. Some will say that he was a good teacher. Some will say that he was a good prophet. He was a, he was a great man. Some will say he was just another god among many other gods. No. Some say that he was one of, one of God's many sons. Um, the list goes on and on. And we're not going to focus on those false teachings. Um... Like I said last time, it's better to focus on the one truth, know the one truth, than to focus and try and know all of the lies. To, to identify the lie, we only have to know the truth. Okay. So Jesus came to earth, when Jesus came to earth, the moment he came to earth, people started having ideas about him. No? This was a serious problem for Paul because it wasn't the truth. And believing this lie kept people in slavery to Satan. Mm. That's serious, no? They kept people in slavery, and even today, slavery and bondage to Satan. What does that mean? It means they, they stay unbelievers. No? Yeah. If you're an unbeliever, you do not belong to God. Mm. You belong to the, to the enemy, no? to the devil. Yeah. And that's a scary thought. Wow. And it's even not lacquer to say that. Um, don't say that to an unbeliever, <laughs> that you're a child of the devil. They, they're not going to like you very much. So we don't share that with them. Um, but it is not the pure gospel that if Jesus is not the Son of God. Okay? And it is a powerless gospel if Jesus is not the Son of God. If we do not um, acknowledge that He is the Son of God. Romans 1 verse 18 Romans 1 verse 18, in the Amplified Classic Version, um, 
says it this way, one, uh, Romans 1 verse 18. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news of Christ. Are you ashamed of the gospel? No. no. For it is the power, this is probably my favorite verse in the Bible. I, will, I think I probably use this verse in every message I give. For it is the power working unto salvation. It is the power of God working unto salvation. And then it says in the Amplified Classic, it gives you a little um, a meaning of what salvation means. And it says, for deliverance from eternal death. Wow. That's what salvation is. No? Deliverance from eternal death to everyone who believes with a personal trust and a confident surrender and a firm reliance. This is now the Amplified Classic. No? It always expands, always ex explains um, what it's meaning. Uh, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Okay. So these false beliefs are preventing people from receiving the salvation. And that's a very serious problem. Don't you agree? It's a serious problem when people can't receive salvation because of lies. Because of lies. And a lie is so easy to break. No? <coughs> Yet these lies, have, these lies have people in bondage. And that is why it's so important for us to preach the truth. That is why it's so important to preach the truth. No other message can deliver a human soul from eternal <coughs> death. No other message can deliver a human soul from eternal death. No other message can resurrect a human soul and give them eternal life. That is what the gospel is. <coughs> that is what the gospel is. And that is amazing. We need to... We need to realize what we have in the gospel. We have the power in the gospel. It's God's power to bring to life the dead. To raise them a spiritual resurrection in their spirit. That is what being, being born again means. It's a spiritual resurrection. You are taken from death and you are put into life. How awesome is that? And we have that power. And that power is the gospel. And all we need to do is to share it. No? The identity of Jesus is a critical part of the gospel. The identity of Jesus is a critical part of the gospel. Why do I say that? Because if Jesus was anything less than God in human body, his death would mean nothing. No? His death would mean anything if he wasn't God in human flesh. No? The Word was made flesh, and He dwelt among us. His blood would not have been able to wash away our sins if He was not God in the flesh. Only the Son of God could save the human race. <coughs> Only the Son of God could save the human race. It says somewhere in Hebrews, Not the blood of bulls and goats, no. No, but the blood of His Son. An angel, an angel could not come and die for the human race. Because it's, it's not part of the human race. Yeah. Amen. An angel is not a human. Mm. So, only Jesus could die for our sins. Only God Himself in human form. Because we were made in His image. No? We were made in Jesus' image. Okay, so do you understand what I'm saying here? 
That is why it is so important that it is acknowledged that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Okay, because Amen. no way else could we receive salvation. So Paul prays for the church, and we looked at that last time. The part that stood out to me the most, and that we focused on the main message last week, or the week, two weeks before. <clears throat> we read in Colossians 1 verse 4. Colossians 1 verse 4, and I really encourage you to open up your Bibles there. Because every time I've got an opportunity to preach, I'm going to preach about Colossians. <laughs> Until we threw it. Okay? Until we threw it. So, if you keep notes, you can have a whole list of notes about Colossians that you can go look at when you read it yourself. How awesome is that? Colossians 1 verse 4 says, For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people. This is Paul writing to the Colossians, verse 5. Which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had, you have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news, this gospel, that came to you is going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. So the main message uh, in Paul's prayer for the Colossians is that he is reminding them of the effect that the true and original gospel had among them. The gospel stirred in them faith, and then the evidence was, what was the evidence of their faith? Yeah, salvation is what happens, but how, how did Paul know that they had great faith? Can you remember? The evidence of their faith was love. Love towards each other. No? The gospel changed their lives completely. Caused them to live fruitful lives that brought glory and praise to God. The gospel came to them, they believed it, and from that faith came the evidence of love. Love expressed in deeds of care and concern for others. Okay, remember we talked about this. To such a degree that Paul says in verse 4, For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, verse 4, Colossians 1 verse 4, For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people. Of all the things that Paul could hear and that Paul could write to them back about, was this was the two things. It was their faith and their love. That is what stood out to Paul. Okay. Then Paul prays for something very important, verses 9 to 10. Colossians 1 verse 9 to 10. He says, So we have not stopped praying for you. That's how we know that this is a prayer. No? Yeah. He says there, uh, we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge. This is important. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of His will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit all the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. 
That's awesome. I like how he says, to give you complete knowledge of His will. People always say, oh, the will of God is so mysterious. No? This verse proves that wrong. It says, you can have complete knowledge of the will of God. He prays that as they live in a relationship with God, as they get to know God better and better, they will grow in their knowledge of God's will, and they will grow in spiritual wisdom and understanding. And what will be the fruit? What will be the fruit of that? Anyone? A changed life. It's very simple. I'm not trying to trick anyone. <laughs> a changed life is what, is, is what we read now. No? A changed life is what brings honor to God and a life that bears every kind of good fruit. Are we on the same page? Yes. If we have a relationship with Him, we're going to grow in knowledge of His will. We're going we're to grow in spiritual knowledge and wisdom and understanding. And the fruit, the effect of that will be a changed life. No? A life surrendered to Him. A life that brings honor and praise to God. Don't we all want to live lives like that? Yes. Do you? Amen. I want to too. I seriously ask myself that question and I ask that you ask yourself that question. Eh? Ask yourself, do I want to live a life of praise and honor to God? If you say yes, then let me tell you, there's only one way that that is going to happen. There's only one way it's going to happen. The only way it's going to happen is if we stay in relationship with God and stay focused on the gospel of grace. Not the gospel of law, not the gospel of performance, not on our performance. No? On if the only way it's going to happen is if we stay in relationship with God and stay focused on the gospel of grace. It's really that simple. It's that simple. Many times, I think, well, that's what I thought. Many times, uh, we think we, have, we first need to receive some deeper revelation. No? We first need to get that revelation or understand this about, about God or this and that. And in our hearts, we feel that what we have is not enough. We look at ourselves and we feel insufficient. Yeah. No? Have you ever felt that way? Think about it for a moment. We tend to believe that what we have is not enough. Hebrews 13 verse 3. Hebrews 13 verse 9. Sorry, not 3. Hebrews 13 verse 9. <coughs> Hebrews 13 verse 9 says, So do not be attracted by strange new ideas. You get people that run around hopping from church to church, conference to conference, looking for new, strange teachings and ideas. What's new? Your strength comes from God's grace. Our strength comes from God's grace. If I stand in front of the speakers, it might make a noise again. <laughs> Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food, which don't help those who follow them. Okay? So these people in Hebrews were holding on to rituals and holding on to rules about food and all kinds of washings and stuff. That's why he says not rules about food. 
So what we can actually say is your strength comes from God's grace, not from law, not from observing things, not yeah. from trying. Okay. He has given us everything we need. Don't worry about getting the next big revelation or new exciting teachings. All we need to focus on is God's grace as revealed in the gospel. He has given us His Spirit. This is also great. Amazing. He has given us His Spirit that pours His love into our hearts and He has made it possible for us to have relationship with Him. That's all we need. Okay? The gospel, focus on grace, and, has, and we have His Spirit. That's all we need. Romans 5 verse 5 says, Such hope in God's promises never disappoints us because God's love, God's love has been abundantly, I like that word, abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. If you feel you need more love, don't listen to that lie. You have all the love that you need right in here, in your spirit. God's love has been abundantly, abundantly overflowing, poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. <clears throat> yes, we all grow and mature as Christians. But we are the ones who determine how fast we become a mature Christian. Did you know that you can determine that? You can become a mature Christian very quickly. How do we do that? We take our eyes off of ourselves and what you think is wrong with you and what you think you can and cannot do. And you put your focus on Jesus. And then I want you to write this down. A mature Christian is not someone who knows the will of God. This is going to sound funny, but you'll understand now. A mature Christian is not someone who knows the will of God. It is someone that does the will of God. That's what a mature Christian is. We go to the Word, we read the Word, we discover, we're in relationship with God. And then we apply the word. Alright? We do the word. It does not matter how much or how little you think you know. Don't compare yourself with others. That is very important. Don't compare yourself with others. Don't compare yourself with me. Don't compare yourselves with Philip, uh, Emily, anyone. Shane, Peter. It doesn't matter. Don't compare the moment you start comparing yourself, you're going to be unhappy. And your focus is going to be in the wrong place. Yeah. Think of this example. A guy in a, in a red Ferrari drives, drives by you. And you're walking with your feet. And you think, oh, check that red guy in the red Ferrari. He must be so happy. He must have his life all sorted out. And then you think about yourself. And you feel bad. But meanwhile, that guy in the red Ferrari, his wife left him, his children hate him. Because you thought, you looked at the the exterior, the outward appearance. That's not true. 
the outward is not true. It's what's in that matters, right? But that is what happens when we compare ourselves with people. You're not in their shoes. But comparing makes you unhappy about yourself. And we can actually be very happy with ourselves because we have Jesus in us. You walking with your feet is actually better off than that guy driving in his red Ferrari. (laughs) So never compare yourself with anyone. What does matter is what you do with the truth that you already know. The revelations that you have received, are you sharing it with others? Are you applying them in your life? The greatest revelation that you could ever get is a simple gospel of God's grace. That is the greatest revelation. I put it to you today. The greatest revelation is not how to receive healing or how to do this or how to walk in miracles or anything. But that, that will come if you believe the gospel. But the greatest revelation you could ever get is the simple gospel of God's grace. And when I say God's grace, what does that mean? What does that mean? Anyone? <laughs> it is love. It is, remember, this is what grace is. God is doing unto you better than you deserve. Okay? He's not giving you what you deserve, which is death. He is giving you better than you deserve. That is God's grace. And His grace is revealed to us, how? Through Jesus on the cross, standing up after three days. That is God's grace. That's the gospel. That is the biggest revelation you could ever have. Many, many people out there, they don't know these things. You can think that your revelations, the little bit that you know, and I know that you don't know a little bit. You know a lot. You guys that sit here. If you've been with Grace Life more than one year, you sort it. With revelation wise. (laughs) Because you just need to know about the grace. You just need to know grace. That is what they need out there. That is what they need out there. If you know that God doesn't treat you as you deserve, but He gives you better. He gives you His Spirit. He gives you life. He gives you love. That's all you know. That's all they need to know. That's the biggest revelation. And from that flows all of the other good things. Amen. Okay. Okay, so now we are going to continue looking at the letter to the Colossians. But we're going to make it a little bit more practical. Okay? So we are going to divide up into groups. We're going to divide up into groups. So I want all the group leaders to please stand up. Uh, Christ is supreme. Colossians 1 verse 15 to 23. We're all there now. Okay. So as I read... Think about what is the main thing that Paul the Apostle is saying to the Colossians. Okay. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website 
at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.